Hey guys, welcome back to RU Weekly, a new episode of Reinhardt's FCA podcast. New year, new us, and so what's going to happen is we're not going to have a crazy podcast intro. Right, Mary? Yeah. Welcome back to RU Weekly. I was just kidding. We're always going to stay the same. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and so will our FCA Reinhardt podcast intros. Anyway, today we're going to talk about on this episode, New Year's resolutions, looking back on the previous year. We have a lot to talk about from the FCA side of things. We want to look back at a lot of the wins we've had on this past year's FCA ministry, personal wins, favorites. We got some trivia coming up. But first, I want to highlight our sponsor, Waleska Candle Co. Homemade, handmade, artisanal, hand-selected candles crafted in Waleska, Georgia. You can't get more local than that. You can't get more loving and caring than that. So buy a candle this holiday season. Start your new year off right. Buy a candle. 20% of every purchase goes towards sending a student athlete to camp. So remember that. Waleska Candle Co. Link in bio. Today we have a guest. Mary's our first guest. This is the second episode Sam's not with us. Yeah, it's so sad. Should we hold auditions to replace Sam? <laughs> Never. No, Sam's good. Sam's safe. But today we have a good friend of mine joining the podcast, Jeremy Johnson. Say hi, Jeremy. What's up, world? Jeremy is a good friend of mine for a few years now. We were on staff at a church plant, Home Church Roswell, for about a year. About, yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun. Jeremy is a supporter of Reinhardt FCA. He is also a former collegiate athlete. Jeremy, where'd you play? Uh, I went to school at Auburn. I played baseball at Cincinnati. You know, <laughs> I saw Joe Burrow say the same thing. He went to Ohio State and played at LSU. But um, yeah, no, so started my career at Auburn University, played there for, for three, uh, on the team for three years, uh, and then got a chance to play at, at University of Cincinnati for, for two years. That's awesome. It's so fun. I always wanted to play a sport in college. <laughs> What you'll find out is Mary is very athletic. Actually, our staff, one of our staff members who I won't name, Sam, told Mary to her face in a staff meeting that she wasn't an athlete. Wow. I think we talked about that on one of our episodes. Well, I'm just going to keep there is it a, up. Um, There's definitely a term that goes around for that. And it's funny because uh, non-athletes don't know the term, but every athlete, even Reinhardt, I asked a couple of Reinhardt athletes when I, when I was on campus, do they know this term? And they know it. I'm sure you both don't know the term that I'm referring to for people what? that attend college that aren't athletes. Do you know what the term name is? I have heard it and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but is it like a bad word and then like kind of ish? Yes, maybe. It depends. There are, there are two that I've heard. I, and I one just of call them, them children of God. Well, that's not what they call that? <laughs> that's not what they the, call you the oh. the, the term is narp yes and narp means yes. a non-athletic regular person yes so it's funny because you know you mentioned now oh, i want to be an athlete or whatever you know the the athlete world you refer to people as narps and it's and you know it's, it's not derogatory or anything it's just like what they are i've it's heard like I live with one narps. that has like a, a bad word in it too yeah, they'll they'll say normal, no, regular no, person. No, not, right, right. not even no, close to that. Normal but anyway, blank regular person. regular person. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, I've heard NARPs. I'm going to be honest. Okay. I don't. I didn't actually want to play a sport in college. No, you don't. I, Everybody says that. I, I did intramurals and that was so fun. I was. I a, had yeah. the best time. I was a triple, back to back to back MVP, intramural at seminary, <laughs> for yeah. basketball. You you don't cool. want to do it. Anyway, hey, this is a New Year's episode. Uh, we're talking about the new year coming up, 2024. A lot of exciting things for Reinhardt FCA and the state of Georgia FCA in general. But before we get to that, Mary, I hear you have some trivia questions for I me and sure JJ. I sure do. I sure do. If you hate these, sorry. They <laughs> looked these up really quickly. But our first one is, in the early Roman calendar, which month is designated as the new year? As August. Okay. Is it actually August? That's just my guess because it's named guess? after Augustus Caesar. My, my, my guess is uh, February. You are closer, Jeremy. It is March first. Wow, I'm surprised you didn't know that. You, I don't. You I don't read all that. this stuff. <laughs> all right, what's the next one? <laughs> That's embarrassing. I'm 0 for one. That is embarrassing. For when Cooper. did the New Year's Eve ball first drop in Times Square? It's a year. Yeah. I feel like that's a gimmick. 1973. Okay. I think. I think it's a. I think it's a. A pre-war activity. Pre-war. Like. Pre the Great War, World War One. They need a okay. lights then. So what's your guess? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna 1953. Mm mm. 1907. What did wow. I say? Pre war. I, I didn't go with my gut. 1907. I didn't go with my gut. Man, that's, that's like DC before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, next I one. I love the dad jokes. All right, which king accepted January first as the date for New Year's in 46 BC? What king? That is actually. Did you that say, is actually. BC. <laughs> king or yes. emperor? It, it says king, but you would probably know him as emperor. Oh, it's a Roman emperor. Yeah. BC. They didn't have. Maybe it's Roman. I don't know. They yeah. didn't have. I feel, I feel really Caesar? confident. If it's Caesar, I mean, that's like the only. Yeah, it's got to be Caesar. It is Julius Caesar. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not a king. He's not an emperor. The I, first I emperor know. came after Julius Caesar, and it was his. King? It was his hey, adopted I just, son. I just googled these. I don't. Well, They're still a republic. Well, who, who is who is Caesar then? He was Caesar. <laughs> he was a general. He was trying to become dictator. Oh, and you, emperor. you think they called him General Caesar? They did. That's why he got. General that's Caesar why. That's why the eyes of Mark. Anyway, keep going. General Julius. How much did the first Times Square New Year's Eve ball weigh? Ooh, that's got to be. You said 1905. 1907. 1907, man. I don't feel like they were good at building stuff. Back no, then. probably not. What? We'll say. I'll. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take kidding? a wild guess at three thousand pounds. I was gonna say a ton and a half. I'm. I'm comfortable with that. Okay. Wow. Um, it was only 700 pounds. Wow. I thought 700 was a lot, and then y'all guessed way above that. So I mean, 3,000 is pretty close to 700. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Which is recorded as the most common resolution people have made? This is pretty Going easy. to the gym. gym. Going yeah, to the gym. To get yeah. healthier. Gym. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Um, Brazilians wear new yellow underwear to become to welcome the new year. True or false? That's outlandish. That's that true. Out, that is outlandish. I, I don't know if it's true. It's false. Yeah. No, they wear Colombians. Colombians. Colombia. Wear brand new yellow underwear to welcome in the new year. That's crazy. That is crazy. In Turkey, sprinkling salt on the doorsteps as soon as the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Day is considered good luck. True or false? Mm. That's too specific. That's true. Yeah. True. It is true. There we yeah. go. All right. This is our last one. 
In Chinese culture, eating rabbit meat in the new year will bring good luck. True or false? Yeah. Yeah, they like rabbits over there. No, I think that's false. <laughs> what do you think it is? I think it's false. Like, do you... Th- do you think it's a different meat? Yeah, like what? Uh, what uh, would yeah. you probably? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the guess is, but rabbit rabbit feet sounds inaccurate. Well, it is false, and it's probably it is, frogs. It's fish. 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 Yeah. Huh. Makes sense. What do, what do Americans eat? Mo- most black uh, black guys, black eyed peas Mo- and collard greens. What's crit? I think that's a southern yeah, thing. Collard defi- definitely southern thing. Collards are southern. Turnips are what? collards. Collards. Ah. Like, all right. Yeah, my dad has always done collards. Where he from? <laughs> that was a crazy sentence from Bartow, Georgia. Yeah, so he's southern. Bartow, that sounds like a country. Bartow, Georgia. We have a Bartow County close to us, but he's from Bartow, Georgia, which is oh, that's not the same. I they're thought not it was. the same. No. Huh. So Bartow, Georgia is North Georgia. Um, Bartow, like the county, is North Georgia, and then Bartow, the like city to the town, okay, is Middle Georgia. Middle of nowhere, Georgia. East. <laughs> we got all these random cities. So in more Georgia. south. Oh, I think it's a different this. country. I'm from Athens, Greece. No. <laughs> 20, 2023, Mary, did you complete any of your resolutions? I'm not a resolution girly, so. Oh, so you just didn't have any? No. JJ, any resolutions? You pulling them up? Uh, maybe. I, um, you know, I usually do a word that I focus on for the year, and honestly, I don't think I, I did for, for 2023, but. Um, my, my big resolution was to run a marathon. I hit a half marathon. So I halfway did it. Oh, okay. I did. I did. I've, I've, I've got it pulled up. All I had to do was search 2023 in my notes. I, okay. got, I just have three things on here. I don't know if there are resolutions, but I just put 2023 and I put three things on here. Golf lessons. That didn't happen. <laughs> A coding course. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Uh, and an Adobe suite course. I didn't do any any of those three. There we go. I did, I we did go. set a goal for my... I never call them resolutions maybe i should my only um goal this year was to read 12 books this year i'm Did not a, wow. i'm not a huge reader i have read 13 and am on my 14th so that's I awesome well, yeah. congratulations thank you i was really proud of myself because that's not something that comes naturally to me so wow that's um, awesome so Thir- a book a month and a half or 13 and a quarter yep yep and hopefully <laughs> we'll finish it by today what what is what is the percentage of New Year's resolutions that fail? Probably 82%. 93. The conservative estimate is 80, with the actual probably being closer to 90. Cool. And most resolutions are failed by mid-February. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Barely make it six weeks. Why is that? Well, I think we... Let's talk about that. Why is that? Why do you think that is? I think we live in a microwave society. Um, a good that's term. the second time I've heard that today. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, every, everybody wants everything right now. now right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've seen those videos with with the kids where they, you know, they do the study on the kids where they're like, "Hey, you know, we, they put chocolate in front of the kids yeah. and say, yeah, you can you can eat this now, or I can give you, you know, your favorite candy in five times.' They're taking that candy later. right in yeah, front of them. Yeah, they want it now. And right. You know, I think that's just how society is. So it's it's hard to be disciplined. Yeah. And I think a few things. Number one, we learn that as Americans, especially, our desires change so often. I think a lot of people, true. they're like, let's just say they're an overweight person. They're like, I really want to get in shape. And by week six, they're like, 
you know what? Like, I care about my comfort and my enjoyment in food a lot more than I do about me wanting to be skinny again. Desire changed, right? Or I don't care about running a marathon. I only want to run half a marathon. Desire changed. And I also, this is a very famous saying, we overestimate what we can do in one year and drastically underestimate what we can do in five. Mm. And I think a lot of us overestimate what we can do or what we're capable of in one year. And so we set these goals that are so far down the road. And it's like, bro, before you set the goal of benching 225, let's just go to the gym twice a week. Well, let's just do that before we start setting these outlandish goals. So I think our desires change and then we just set unrealistic ones. Yeah. So here's five things that I believe. Yeah, I have five. I have five on my list that failed New Year's resolutions teach us. Number one, I think the number one thing it points out is we by ourselves cannot change ourselves. Yeah. I think we can't change ourselves. Mic drop. And I think that's the role of the Holy Spirit. You can take that from a spiritual aspect, but you have to have something greater than yourself to change yourself. Yeah. And number two, we discover, I just said that, we discover our desires change often. We discover our desires change often. Like at the beginning of the year, my favorite ice cream flavor, vanilla. <laughs> then it was cookies and cream. Now it's back to vanilla. I'll just be honest. I had a really good <laughs> so strawberry ice cream legit this morning for breakfast. Number three. <laughs> Did you want us to laugh at that? Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to I was, tell you. I was, I was, waiting, on tell the, you. I was waiting on the punchline. No, that was it. Just, <laughs> just keeping you updated. I had really good strawberry ice cream <laughs> for, for breakfast. breakfast. All right. It was Tillamook. Okay. okay. There you go. It's good. We have, number three, an unhealthy interest in our earthly future. You think about the amount of people, even Christians who have New Year's resolutions, it's usually about something physical, financial, something along the lines of our earthly future. Number four, we are often not content. And that is where the heart of a lot of our desires come from. It's from, we are not content in what we currently have, who we currently are, what we currently look like. So we're going to set something down the road for us to be something that will maybe make us happy. And then number five, it teaches us we desperately need Jesus. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So that's five things I think failed New Year's resolutions can teach us. And also, it's okay to fail. You know what they say fail is? What is it? Movement forward. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go with the acronym. It's a first attempt in learning. Oh, fail. Fail. Yeah. Yeah. Do I mean, I've, I was just talking to somebody about this, actually a coworker earlier today about winning. He's like, you know, a lot, a lot of people like to win. Some people just hate losing. Um, so he asked me the question. He said, do you love to win? Or do you hate to lose? Mm. And I said, well, hating to lose doesn't mean you win. <laughs> yeah. So right. I would I would rather win. Um, you know, I, I think you either win or you learn. And I think the same is true for, for failure, whether you failed resolutions, whether you failed a test, whether you failed an assignment, um, whether you failed a relationship. I think you either win or you learn and you learn what you did wrong or what went wrong or what went off yeah. Um, in order for you to succeed. So as we look at these failed resolutions, maybe they're just learnings or new discoveries on, on yeah. how we can yeah. take this into 2024. And the only true failure is not trying again. Yeah. It's not getting back up. Right. 
And I think it's, it's healthy knowing that you are going to fail in life mm-hmm. a lot and that it's normal to fail. It's not normal what we see on Instagram, that every week is a perfect week, that every year was a perfect year, that all these TikToks are going to come through and talk about their 2023 being the best year of their life. Yeah, okay. Like for some of you, it's gonna, 2023 was the worst year of your life. Yeah. But you've been taught a lot of lessons and you've been brought through the valley and God has grown you more than he's ever grown you. And you have to be okay with that. And for us to set this realistic expectation or this unrealistic expectation also that I'm going to determine my goals in my future 12 months down the road. And for us to think it's a failure that God has shifted the goalpost and our desires and what he wants from us to say, because I didn't hit what I said I was going to do in January, I'm a failure. No, 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 no. God might have pointed you in a completely different direction and you being obedient to God changing your direction might have been the biggest win for you in this year. So my next my next point point of conversation, how as Christians do we make good New Year's resolutions? They got to be smart goals. We got to make them smart. <laughs> JJ, tell them what smart means. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Yeah, that, that's a common thing that people have always used when setting goals. Smart goals. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. I think for a lot of people, make them realistic. Make them sustainable. The reason a lot of people, when they run a marathon or when they hit that goal weight, their weight just goes right back up or they stop running is because it was all about the event, not about the process, not about the adventure to it. And when we don't fall in love with the process, then our goal, once we get it, we're just going to revert back into our old habits. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'd, go ahead. I was going to say, I, you know, I, I think one of the most common things, and this is, you know, me being transparent, I am terrible with discipline. Yeah. Um, you know, you, t- you talk about self-discipline. I, you know, you talk about resolutions of wanting to work out. There's a reason why I work out in a group, F3 Shameless Plug, um, because I am not disciplined myself yeah. to work out by myself. So how do we make resolutions as Christians? I mean discipline is the key ingredient. And what is discipline? I think discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. That's good. Um, And that kind of ties into what we talked about earlier, right? We live in a microwave society, but what you want most requires discipline and choosing that over what you want now, taking the the cop out. So those are my two cents on how, how do we make resolutions as Christians? I know you've got your, uh, the right answer, but that's the (laughs) JJ answer. Yeah, usually the hard thing is the good thing, and the easy thing is not always the good thing. And so when we take the easy route or we just make excuses or have cop-out answers or try to justify why we didn't follow through with stuff, usually it's just because we're lazy, Mm. and that's hard to admit. Um, I think a lot of like the things that I've always set out to do, the reason I didn't finish them is if I look back and admit truthfully why I didn't do it is because I was lazy and I gave up on the idea that it mattered. Mm. Like if I go into 2024 and I'm really convinced and, and have conviction behind why I'm choosing to do what I'm doing there will be more follow through. But if I get halfway through it, you said most people end in February with their resolutions and they don't even make it past that month. I think a lot of it is because they're not actually bought in. It just sounded good. Mm. And it sounded like 
something people would be impressed with. But if no one ever knew your resolution, would you knowing that you accomplished it be enough? Yeah, mm. if your resolution was only between you and God right. and nobody That's else good. ever knew what it was. That's good. Would like, you be okay with that? Yeah. And sometimes that might help you follow through a little bit more than if people know. Like, That's a pride check, though, for <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Like, okay, Cooper, we got it. You ran a half marathon, buddy. Well, that, I mean, that's mind-blowing. Like, yeah. it's, the whole point of putting a resolution or putting a goal in place is to achieve it so you can tell other people about it. Mm-hmm. But also, people always tell you, oh, tell other people about it so they can hold you accountable. But Well, I found re- there was a study. There was a study, and I don't know the study, but it said that the dopamine release in your mind of actually finishing a goal is the same as telling somebody else about your goal. So by me going around and saying, hey, JJ, I'm going to run a marathon, boom, dopamine hit. Because now you're excited about me running a marathon. You're like, Coop's going to run a marathon. He's such a cool guy. I tell Mary, (laughs) I tell this friend, I tell that friend, I tell that friend. I've just got this cheap dopamine hit over me actually going and completing the adventure to running a marathon. It's the same amount of dopamine by telling. Because we want praise, right? It's like, well, if I can go ahead and get it just by telling people that's what I'm going to do, I don't actually have to follow through and do it. Wow, that's so great. (laughs) That's going to take so much hard work. And you just got got pumped up for no reason. You haven't done any hard work yet. Yeah, right. It's the same same concept. If, If you couldn't post about it, would you still do it? Right. Yeah, and one thing that I'll talk, going off your laziness comment, I think a lot of times it is laziness. Other times, especially for me, it's fear and not necessarily like fear. I'm going to be persecuted for something fear that I don't have what it takes fear that mm-hmm. I'll be ridiculed fear that I'll be alone doing it fear that it's not worth it fear that it's going to be too difficult. There's a lot of different things that fear populates itself into, but we have to understand that as long as fear runs our life, we have a ceiling and we have a ceiling that until we get rid of that fear, we can't go any further and we need to really understand who are we fearing? Is it God or is it man? And it goes back to what we talked about in our, not our last podcast, but the one before that with time management. A lot of us would love to hit our goals and our, and have intentions to do it, but we are not wise with our time. So then the day goes by and we're yeah. like, crap, we didn't do that today. Yeah. And then you're scrambling to get it done and it feels more like a chore and a burden than it does like something that is helping you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's priority management. I always tell people time yeah. management's a myth. <laughs> you can't you can't manage time. Everybody has the same amount of time right. in the day, but it's priority management. Are you making these resolutions a priority in your life, mm-hmm. or are you just talking about it to, like you said, presenting them so so you make yourself look good? Right. So there's three more ways that I think we can make good resolutions as Christians. Two of them I don't think we need to talk about too much. It's make sure they align with the Bible. Yep. I think if you have good biblical conviction. Godly conviction from your, uh, even if it's like working out more. Yeah. Okay. I need to glorify God in my body and what I'm doing. I need to discipline my body as an athlete does. Pray over them. It's simple, but something that we don't do. I think pray over your resolutions. But then number four, get accountability. So I know we just talked about don't tell everybody, but I do think there needs to be maybe three people or so in your life that you tell, hey, this is what I'm going for this year and I want you to check in with me and I want you to hold me accountable. Well, that's a different conversation than just telling people because you want them to give you praise. The people that are going to keep you accountable are not really there to give you praise. They're there to make sure that you're you're actually doing what you're going to say you're going to do. And sometimes it's harder to tell those people because 
you're worried that they actually might take it seriously. You know? We're posting them on social media. As much as you can say there's accountability there. I'm sure yeah. there is, but like, yeah, is, well, do you really, do you ultimately really want people to be like, oh, those are great resolutions. Yeah, is well, you can also lie with pictures. Like I've seen girls, yeah. like I've actually watched this happen where I've seen girls go in the gym, take a picture in front of the mirror and then walk right back out. Wow. Is wow. that not crazy? That is crazy. Like I've actually watched it happen. We live in TikTok society. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's Highlight like society. you could absolutely convince everyone that you are accomplishing these goals by posting a picture and never doing what you said you're going to do. Wow. And a good Why way don't you be real pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> One of the good ways to be held accountable is to not do your resolutions alone, but to find a group to do it with. Like if your resolution is, I want to go to the gym three times a week. Okay. Find two other people that will do that three times a week with you. And you guys are committed together. If your goal is to memorize, I want to memorize 12 verses this year, get a few other people that want to memorize a verse a month with you and stay together and do it committed together. If it's, I want to read more, get a book club, right? Mary, that helped you a lot. I'm sure. Yes, it it did. I'm in a book club and I, um, that is a lot of the reason why I've been able to accomplish my book reading goal this year. So in Christianity, there's been this kind of popular movement by evangelicals to say, you don't need New Year's resolutions. I think they're a good thing. And I think Paul reminds us of that. Here is Paul in Philippians chapter three, verses 12 through 14. He writes, not that I have already attained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own brothers. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I have a thought. Okay. (laughs) Think it. Well, for me, what is my ultimate aim as a Christian? Right. It's it's to look more like Jesus every day. So for me, when I said earlier, I'm not a resolution girly, it's because my ultimate gain gosh, why do I keep trying to say game? My ultimate aim is to look like Jesus every day. So right. I'm trying to better myself every day. I, For me, I probably should set some resolutions each year. A lot of times my resolution, if I do have one, starts when college starts. So like in August yeah. when school starts back, I've found that that's a more natural rhythm for me than January 1 is. Um, and usually, But that's a good point. Yeah, it's like... Like if you're listening to this and it's September... Don't wait until Don't December. wait until it's January 1st for you to start implementing things that will make you a healthier and better Christian yeah. um, or daughter or son or friend or athlete. Like you don't have to wait to this specific date to try to better yourself. And so for me, as as a Christian, I this is something I want to do daily, right? Okay. It's it's not and obviously when people set goals, it's daily, but it's not cut off at a year. I'm not setting these goals that are are attained within this one year goal. I think for me, that's dangerous in the way that I think specifically for me and not for every person out there and not for every Christian out there. But for me, I, I want to be somebody who's pursuing excellence, who's pursuing holiness and godliness in each day daily. And so that doesn't end after a year for me. I think a good way to but think about it. But there's good goals, like reading the Bible in a year. If you want to do that, yeah. by all means, I've done that. You know, it's like, by all means, do that. I do that every other year anyway. I do start yeah. in January and do and every other through. year. Oh, thank, right. Thanks for letting us know your goals. <laughs> yeah. You're so holy. No, everybody you keep me accountable. You read the Bible every, every other year. <laughs> yeah. 
all the way through chronologically. All the way through. So, so here's, yeah. here's what I'm hearing, and here's what a lot of people I think struggle with. They set goals on what they do, not who they are. Right. And as long as you keep it at the doing level, it never gets into actually who you are. And so you can check it off a checklist mm-hmm. without changing who you actually are. And it leads me into this next section that I want to talk about with these resolutions from Jonathan Edwards, who is a great 18th century preacher in New England. And he had 70 of these resolutions. And I'm going to list off a few just so you can get some examples. But what's so interesting about his resolutions as you read through all 70 and you can Google them and they come up and they're, they're readily available is they usually don't have an expiration date. Mm. It's a life type of resolution, not a year end date. Then I can move on. There's no expiration date. So here are some of his resolutions resolved to live with all my might while I do live resolved never to do anything, which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolved to ask myself at the end of every day, week, month, and year, wherein I could possibly in any respect have done better. Resolved never to do anything out of revenge. Let there be something of benevolence in all that I speak. Resolved after afflictions to inquire what I am the better for them, what good I have got by them, and what I might have got by them. Resolved to maintain the strictest temperance in eating and drinking resolved to study the scripture so steadily constantly and frequently as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same resolved never to give over nor in the least to slacken my fight with my corruptions however unsuccessful I may be resolved very much to exercise myself in this all my life long with the greatest openness I am capable of to declare my ways to God and lay open my soul to him, all my sins, temptations, difficulties, sorrows, fears, hopes, desires, and everything and every circumstance. Those are just some examples of Jonathan Edwards, and they're beautiful. Yeah, those are really beautiful. And that's just an example. It's not what we do. It's who we are. And those are things like I just think some of those that stand out is that openness to God. Mm-hmm. Every single day, instead of trying to hide away, I'm going to be open to God to never do anything out of revenge, mm. right? Not to revile evil for evil, not to try and get vengeance, but to leave it to God to, yeah. you know, w- what's one of the most popular ones? Not to eat as much and to go to the gym. He even talks about to, in the strictest temperance, watch for my food that. intake, Yeah, right? Food and drink. He's saying, I'm going to do my best at all times, not just in this one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, hear me say that I think resolutions are good. I think they're needed in our life. But I don't think you're wrong to say in this specific year that maybe it's not just a resolution for this one year, but for a lifetime. And so I think resolutions are great. I think all Christians should have them. We just talked about how Paul said it's biblical to set goals. How? Um, And and so, what'd you say? I just... What you're saying, it's how and the horror behind it. Right, yeah. right. Um, you're not so, saying no resolutions for anybody. You're saying the way we do it is unproductive, and I want to make sure we're doing it in a better way. Right. Yeah, yeah. John Maxwell, he even talks about this concept when it comes to goal setting, um, what he calls destination disease. And that's mm-hmm. what happens when you achieve your goal and basically realize that that was it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah. you know, is this you it? could... Yeah, I mean, you. I don't know how many times you've ever set a goal or you know said you're going to do something and you thought it would be fulfilling and it and it wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Or 
on the opposite where, you know, God was trying to do more or you set your target mm-hmm. too low. Too low. Mm. Um, and God was trying to do exceedingly more than, yeah. you know, yeah. you asked or imagined. But I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, you don't want to set your goal and get destination disease. Yeah, um, that's good. So yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely something to keep in mind as you're setting these goals to be mindful of like, what, what is my, I hate to use the term ultimate goal, but what is my ultimate goal? No, I agree. I think we have to have an eternal perspective. And when we're not thinking short-sighted about the here and now, or even just a year in advance, it's like, for the remainder of my life, how can I serve and please the Father? Like, if that's my ultimate goal, like, if my aim in life is to glorify God and to to give Him all the glory He is due, and, and even much more than that, then this will be a lifetime goal for me. This will be yeah. an eternal goal for me. As Christians, we should have an eternal perspective um, on our life. On everything. And on e- yeah, should on everything. filter. Right. And so um, when we are short-sighted and we want the here and the now and we just want um, the, you know, the satisfaction, yeah. the immediate gratification, um, then that's, I think, why we can be short-sighted in our goals and yeah. what we choose to do. Well, let me give you an example. How do we make everything with an internal perspective? So the most popular resolution is I need to go to the gym. Well, you can make that an eternal perspective in a lot of ways. You may think I need to be healthier so I can be there for my family. Well, what about this? What if God called you to go be a missionary in the Andes Mountains next month? Mm. I'm there. If you're 250 pounds overweight and, and you can't hike a trail for more than 10 minutes without stopping, you cannot follow that call that God has placed on your heart. And it's because you have been a bad steward of the mm. physical body that God's given you. Yeah, let's you. be preparing. Yeah. Let's be prepared. In all aspects. Right. I like that. So at the end of the year, we often look forward. The new year, December 31st, New Year's Eve, we look to the future. I think it's also a really good opportunity. It's so ironic. Can I just go in there and say it's yeah. so ironic that everybody looks forward to change mm. in the new year, but yeah. we resist change literally every aspect of our lives. I guess it kind of ties in what we were just talking about, but yeah. I don't know. It's just 100%. so ironic to me, right? Like, you yeah. Have, why don't you change during June? Nope. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to wait. New year, new me. You just keep kicking yeah. that can new down the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I want to do is I want to take a moment to reflect on this past year and specifically at Reinhardt FCA. Um, me and Mary have gone through, I think, probably the greatest year. And we've only been here two years. But this is, I think, been the, the most, most fruitful, fruitful one. season we've walked in. And uh, yeah. JJ, he's been a donor to our FCA now for a year and a half. Yeah, we'll call it a half. Yeah, a little more. <laughs> but and, and he's been able to see what we've been doing here and what we have in the future. So, Mary, just maybe two or three things over this past year that you really see that you want to reflect on. Hmm. Something I've recently learned about me is that I don't do well with speaking first. All right, I'll go. <laughs> and it's hard for me to think um, quickly on things like this. So, yeah, I'll let you go first. Well, I just think w- one is the men specifically. I think the women as well, but I, I deal more with the men at Reinhardt. We have grown in breadth. And our reach across the teams and our growth on Wednesday nights. But what I'm most encouraged with is the breadth or the depth mm-hmm. of the ministry that we're seeing. I'm having guys call me up on the weekend saying, hey, can we meet? We need to talk about this sin in my life and I need to kill it. You don't, you don't get that very often. We have guys wanting to read the scripture in a deep way and to understand God in a way they haven't before. 
We have a core team that's showing up at 8 a.m. on Tuesday mornings to learn more about spiritual leadership development and have an active role in shaping the ministry of FCA. And so I'm encouraged not just by how many student athletes we're reaching, but by the amount that Jesus is touching them. It's just Mm -hmm. incredible. It's just incredible. And the number two, I just love the kickoff. It's like one of my favorite events. I know it's the big event and it's the one that's like, oh, let's put this on. But it's so much fun just getting that many people in one room together to talk about Jesus, to worship as we kick off the new school year. And so those my two big things is just the depth of the ministry, the desire to follow Jesus and then the kickoff. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with all of those things. Um, I've been walking in a D group with most of my same girls for about a year and a half to two years now. So it's hard for me to think, you know, just in this past year because um, I've been blessed beyond measure with a group of girls that I've been with at Reinhardt. And a lot of them will be graduating soon. And that's so hard it's for kind me. Of sad. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's our goal in FCA is to engage these athletes, equip them, and then empower them to go out and, um, be effective Christians wherever the Lord calls them next. But it's hard when they leave. It's yeah, like, it's real hard. It's, it's you, you invest so much time and energy and, and relational, um, equity into these students and then they're gone. And it's, it's tough because we love them so much and hopefully they feel the same. Hopefully it's like, <laughs> they're yeah, sad they're, to leave. Yeah, they're, Reinhardt, um, and they're not like, yes, finally I can get rid of these (laughs) FCA guys. Right. Right. But yeah, there's a lot to reflect back on in this, in this past year, the kickoff, especially. Um, but another thing that I'm grateful for is our associates. Um, Oh yeah. hundred percent. Cooper and I have been doing this ministry really by our, I mean, in bill by ourselves for the past, um, two years and, and it's a lot it, it takes a lot out of you um, and and emotionally it takes a lot out of you. And so we have three associates, basically they're interns, and we have um, one guy and two girls, and they have been the greatest blessing to our ministry. And to Yeah, me shout out Sam Grayson, Brooke Rambler, and Allison Selway. Yeah, we are so thankful for them and all that they do to serve um, us, to serve our students at Reinhardt. And um, to come along as a helping hand, I mean, Allison and Brooke, I'll highlight them really quick. They've been able to help lead D groups this semester, which has been huge. You know, we're starting to see multiplication at Reinhardt, which has always been the goal since day one is to pour so much into these students that they would then go out and pour into the next group of students. And so that was, that's the model Jesus did. He poured so much into his 12 disciples, specifically these three, and then when he left, he knew that it would continue on because he poured so much into a few that he knew these few would then go out and pour into others. Yeah. And so that's our model. We want to do what Jesus did, obviously. And so we're starting to see that at Reinhardt where students we've been pouring into and equipping are now going out and pouring into the next group yeah. of students and equipping. They're, they're going to get unbelieving teammates and throwing their unbelieving yep. teammates into D group. Right. We're like, and, yeah, you need to be here, bud. We're talking about some, some Jesus. I know you don't believe in him, but I think yeah. you'll be better for it. And it's taken a lot off of me. Yeah. Um, and so they have been just the greatest blessing. Um, and so thank you if y'all are listening. Yeah. And to highlight Sam Grayson, that man is a jack of all trades and will do whatever yeah. you need him to or ask him <laughs> so to. So true. And uh, yeah, 
super proud of our associates, super thankful. Reinhardt FCA would not be what it is without them. Mm-mm. Then also our leadership team, our core team would not be what it is without them as well. So we're yeah. thankful for everybody who has stepped up in a major way this past year. And the Lord's growing our team. Growing it. And we're we excited for prospective staff and our part-time staff showing us. Yeah. So the Lord's blessing us in our ministry greatly in a number of ways. Yeah. So JJ, as you look back on the year FCA wise, anything stick out to you that you're. Yeah. I, um, you know, getting the chance to speak at the huddle uh, that 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 one night with that's right with Garrett was it was that this year or was that yeah that was year? this year that was in the spring that was the spring yep okay yeah no that that was a good time wow um, that feels like forever it does, ago it does feel like forever ago different uh, school year but yeah same year same yeah year. no I mean it was just a great night especially me being a baseball guy seeing all those baseball guys that were there and especially seeing a student athlete that. I had played with his brother, you know, he was young, he was young, um, running around the field when, when I knew him and, you know, to see where he's at now, um, it's just kind of a, a full circle thing. So that was, that was really cool as, as well as getting a chance to speak to the baseball team again, when you got the, the dates mixed up and the team actually didn't meet, but, um, was able to, to serve the, the women's basketball team. Uh, just happened to walk in the gym, and the coach needed somebody to pass to the girls. So, yeah, so, we, so we got out there and did it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, FCA has a – or FCA Reinhardt in general. FCA in general has a special place in my heart, but FCA Reinhardt is is really uh, doing some some big things for for the kingdom here. Any, God, God is in Waleska. God is in Waleska, baby. <laughs> any any encouragement to potential donors listening? Yeah. I mean, it's it's I hate I hate that you use the word – a donor. It's a tough, yeah, it's, it's not a, the best it's, word. It's an investment. It's a partner. It's in an the investment. Ministry. It's an investment. And the yeah. reason why I say it's an investment is because you expect a return when you invest. Mm. And that's what you're doing uh, when you're, when you decide to partner with FCA Reinhardt, whether it's financially, whether it's with your time, um, you are investing in the kingdom here and you're yeah. seeing an exponential return. Yeah, yeah. That's great. You think about the hundreds of decisions we've seen over the past three years. I mean, that's incredible. Um, looking to the new year, uh, just just very quickly, some of the things at FCA, Mary, that you're excited for this next year. What are you excited for? Our leadership camp that we're planning is oh yeah always on my mind these days. But which, by the way, if you purchase a candle from Alaska Candle Co., you'll get twenty percent of your proceeds. <laughs> will go to sending a student athlete to camp. That's right. So can, can I go to camp? Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so leadership camp is for um, college students all all around. If you're in Georgia and if you're in a neighboring state or if you're anywhere in the United States. Yeah, in Colorado, States, you can come. You can come. Yeah, it, we want this to be um, a catalyst for college students really strengthening their relationship with the Lord and taking this back to their own campuses and starting huddles. And, and starting effective change um, and, and building the kingdom of God. And so I'm looking forward to that and wanting students to sign up. Our registration link will be open soon, and we'll attach that to the first podcast that um, is available for us to open that registration link. But I would encourage you um, to really consider going to leadership camp. I think that it'll transform lives, and we know that um, that the Lord does that. And so... We want you to be a part of it, and I think it'll be I think it'll be great. 
Cooper and I will be there. Maybe <laughs> Jeremy will be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Can I help? Can I yeah, be a volunteer? He'll serve. He'll serve. <laughs> he'll be there. He'll be there. No, I think that's going to be great. And the other thing that I'm looking forward to this next year is just the collegiate arm of FCA really making an impact and hopefully seeing what we see on Reinhardt's campus happen on other campuses around the state. And then specifically at Reinhardt's campus this next year, I'm, I'm encouraged by the growth we're seeing in students and to hand a little bit more of the ministry off to them and not have to do it so much. You know, leading with yes. an open hand is, is really, really like scary, good, but also yeah. scary because if God calls them somewhere else, those students aren't ours. They're God's. Mm. God can call them wherever. Selfishly, I'm like... No, just uh, come back and get a master's at Reinhardt. You know, don't graduate. <laughs> don't go away. Go, go, go be a GA for another year so that we can keep you around. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking most forward to is just the students continuing to own the ministry, continue to grow in their own right. And for me, just to become more of a, you know, just an encourager instead of the one that's speaking all the time, the right. one that's leading all the time, but encouraging and equipping and empowering our students to do that. Yep. So, hey, as you're going into this new year, I just want to read from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is a, a historical church document from the 17th century. It says this in the first question, a man, what is the chief end of man? What is the goal of mankind? The answer is this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So in whatever resolution you make, Make it your resolution above all to glorify God in all you do and to enjoy Him. Yeah. Oh, God. So, hey, Happy New Year. We hope it's the greatest year yet. And as a Christian, I can guarantee you this. You can always hold on to this phrase. The best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. You can continue to look forward to the future. Know God has more in store for you. And then look to eternity and know that the best is yet to come. JJ, thanks for joining us, man. Have you on again soon. Our first guest, man. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Bye.